right, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel one individual minute at a time. My name's Nathan. You can find me on social media at NoClutchNate, as well as my Instagram page, ClutchFigures. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at MarkMeadows. And I'm Lance from the Night Nerd Network, where we have the Night Nerd, Sounds to Get Angry 2, Blah Blah Comics, Blah Blah Curse Words, Title indicates meaning and assembling the Avengers. You can find us out there in internet land. Just look for the Night Nerd. All right. And today on Man of Steel, we are talking about minute number uh, 64. And the minute starts with a close-up of Perry White super focused on the news with the UFO. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it ends with uh, people all around the world receiving Zod's message over what appears to be television. Yeah, so, just television? Just, I don't, I, that's that's uh, something so far, we can, we I think, can get yeah. into. Yeah, yeah. we don't know if how else uh, he's getting his message out there, which I think uh, that kind of brings us back to the whole communication parts. Yeah, is or, it going over radio waves? I assume so. That's how television is sent, right? Radio signal? Uh, I don't is know. Is there a distinction between te- te- satellite signal and, and radio signal? That's yeah, the wrong guy. I, I'm pretty sure there is a difference. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure CNN can probably override his signal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. We, yeah. we learned yesterday. Uh, but no, it's I, this is one of those minutes, you know, th- this week we've talked about a lot of cliches and stuff. And I feel in Independence Day did it as well. But it's the let's show it in every language so we know it's all over the world. Uh, when, you know, I... I think you could save yourself a minute, you know, 45 seconds to a minute of film and just say the signals being repeated all over the world and not have to do all the shoots of the different scenes and everything like that. But I, I don't know. That's something I feel, you know, again, is, is kind of a, just a, a trope of movies and something yeah. that <laughs> yeah. we're going to keep doing. Something that you just ask yourself, well, why yeah. did you do that? Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll get to that part because I also have some questions about, you know, that, you know, the whole world receiving Zod's message. Um, but right now we're at the Daily Planet and we're kind of, it's a close-up shot of Perry White examining the, the, the news right now. And the power goes out, like, almost immediately when the minute starts. And he's kind of super focused because um, we're also dealing with a character here that's already aware of uh, extraterrestrial life because of Lois Lane's story. And uh, so uh, last time we saw him, he was questioning, you know, how would this world react if they found out, you know, about extraterrestrial life? You know, how would the world react? So he's getting the first bit of that where he's starting to see the results of, like, or the answer to that question. So there's definitely some wheels turning in his head in this close-up shot, and you can tell. Um, and right when the power goes out, it takes him like a second to realize, like, oh, a, something around me has just happened. I should probably, you know, not be thinking about this UFO right now. And he's just like, oh, you know, power went out. Um, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and there's like this ominous, uh, these ominous horror tones, undertones start building up. Um, and then it cuts back to uh, Clark and Martha Kent, and the the tones are still building up. And then this uh, light bulb in their house just bursts, and then it goes completely silent. Which um, 
we've seen a lot of horror stuff already or like these kind of like uh horror tropes i guess you could say in throughout this film uh zack snyder's first uh major studio film was dawn of the dead so we know he has a, a history with uh, horror elements and uh so he does a good job with them uh with delivering those type of things um and i thought this scene was really well done to kind of be creepy and whatnot because i guess we we, we still got to remind ourselves that not only is this a superman story but it's all, also almost a first contact with alien story yeah so it is pretty interesting it, it reminds me a lot of the the film signs so it it's it, this moment with the sound mixing and everything um it it does a really good job uh being what it what it wants to do or being what it wants to be um so kudos for pulling it off um whether it deserves to be in a superman film is another question but you know we're dealing with uh with the main antagonist of the film right here uh who's trying to communicate through through uh any any media possible so i mean i could see it being uh natural to, to do this in the film um i think it's it's very creepy again like so what happens is there's a mass blackout then all the tvs pop open again and i'm guessing it's Zod trying to configure televisions to delay his or relay his message so we get like these creepy eerie sounds that just are unnerving or like they're just super uh I don't know what's the term for it, but it's like it's just white noise. It's just creepy white. It's noise. just these yeah, yeah, creepy white noise that like makes the audience who's watching this film just kind of uneasy and um, it, it definitely is a it, it could be a scary moment for some people. They're like, I guess for a Superman film, like no one's expecting it, so that's why it really works. Um, if we were watching Signs, we'd probably be like, you know, this kind of like an expected scene, but for a Superman film, it just comes you know almost out of nowhere and i think it works um and they do a really good job of doing it so i mean what do you guys think i I liked it a lot um i think you know once uh, we'll get into it in in a second but once zod's voice starts to come over it um i this is the part that i wish that we would see the Krypton parts and and all the Zod stuff later on in the film. I do wish this was the first audio cue that we get of Zod. I mean, even if he met Jor-El and did the whole Liquid Geo scene that we already saw and showed just like that stoic, uh, you know, Liquid Geo picture of him, it's like, okay, cool, so we know that that guy looks humanoid, we know what he what he is, yada yada, but if this was the actual moment that we get our first impression of Zod, it would drive home that horror aspect and that, I mean, yeah, the villain aspect of it, but it would still make the audience feel a lot more terrified of the character than what they already are. You know what I mean? Because we already know who he is. Yeah, it's like we already know who he is. We already see, you know, we, we already get it. We, we've seen Zod, we get it. But if we haven't seen him yet and this is the first time we hear him speak, this is the first time we're going to get contact with them. That's almost very... It's it's more unnerving than just, you know, the addition of, of the creepy white noise. But I do wish that this was the first time we saw Zod and, and got, you know... 
It kind of contra- yeah. It's not even the first time we've seen the Black Zero. No, ex- exactly. So I mean, if this was the first time, it would be more of a first contact story. It would be more. Uh, it would almost take you out of it being a Superman story, where then you would kind of have to get back into the mindset of okay, I'm watching a Superman movie, not an Alien on Earth movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know, Lance. I uh, well, you know, this week. It's been a real fun week uh, because we've had so many tonal changes in the film. You know, we started off with a really sweet moment and we got the really serious moment. And then the closest thing they do to laughs with the whole crazy printer. (laughs) Um, And then now almost like a a scary movie moment. So, you know, the last few minutes we've gone through the whole gambit, like all through the emotional spectrum. And I think it even if you you know because when we saw Zod the first time he was a tyrant almost you know he was a warlord and everything and I think if um, we wouldn't have had all the changes in the last few minutes and you know if we kept it kind of happy or something and then like you said had that big orchestral cue of uh, scary you know you can almost be like okay well Yes, we, we've seen Zod, but what has isolation done to him? What has, you know, what has he been thinking about? Is he the same Zod we saw? Is he, you know, and I think it would have benefited the character of Zod to have more consistency in these last few minutes because while, you know, the you were talking about communicating and working on the radio waves and everything but it I don't, it's a for a reintroduction of a character I I think it kind of works because if if going forward he was a, a different character you know if the time had driven him even farther insane but it's like we meet Zod now and then we almost meet Zod again later when he actually unmasks and fights Kal-El then he's back to original Zod that we saw in the opening scene so with the music and just the way he's portrayed here it's you're hoping that you know maybe it is a you know uh, the same character but with different motivations and different emotions but then later on in the film like I said he, he we find out that no he's still the same old Zod that yeah. we knew mm-hmm. and I think in the in the next minute we'll kind of get um Zod acting a little differently than he normally does, especially like through his message. Um, but we'll get in that because I have some notes about that in the next minute. But um, I, I guess, yeah, we do kind of get introduced to Zod uh, definitely more than twice in this film. Yeah. Because not only is he introducing himself here, but then he'll introduce himself later on to Kal-El. But then again, he's already been introduced to Kal-El through Jor-El on the ship uh, when he's learning about the history of Krypton. So you could argue that maybe Zod has to introduce himself like four times, which I don't know. Maybe it's just like, uh, who are you again? Which is pretty insulting (laughs) to forget about the character four times throughout the film. Yeah. Um, But, you know, yeah, he, um, I, I, mm, I don't know. We got some stuff to talk about in the next minute uh, with the way he, he uh, delivers his message. Um, but before we get into what the actual message says, let's see. Um, so he starts 
delivering his message and um, it's re relaying the the message you are not alone over and over again um, and then you know we get our first glimpse of all the characters that we've met on earth um, it starts with uh, Carrie Ferris in this minute and then we get to see some other characters reactions uh, in the next minute uh, Major Carrie Ferris is maybe uh, she was a captain at this point isn't she mm. isn't oh she... is she yeah is she major she... in the next film yeah I'm pretty it's... sure okay I yeah I think wrong. I think she's a she's a captain in okay. this film and then cool. she becomes a major uh, I don't know if it, it could be related to Carol Ferris although we can't really uh, oh, confirm nor deny that there's fights all over the internet about yeah. this character man Again, it's one of those things where it's like you just keep the character there, or do you make something out of the character uh, into a I, totally new character? Yeah, I think just. We... I mean, just the bottom line. I think it's just a nod to Carol Ferris. It's, yeah. uh, it's spelled differently, which people will argue that they're not the same character because it's spelled differently. Um, you know, she's still a captain in the Air Force, I assume. So that's still a nod to Carol Ferris. Um, for those of you who don't know, Carol Ferris is the love interest of Hal Jordan Green Lantern, who later becomes a member of the Star Sapphires. So, bada bing, bada boom. That's why we're talking about That's it. That's why we talk about it. <laughs> but, um, um, but yeah, um, I think this is just supposed to be a nod to Carol. Um, I don't care that they change the name. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, if she becomes a bigger role later on, we've already known that they've yeah. announced a Green Lantern movie. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But like cool. But why would they be okay with using Carol Ferris and not using you know any of the news anchors or reporters that exactly we mentioned earlier? Why have Jenny? Because she is yeah. a big character. Exactly, like she is a huge character in the comics. You can't use this Z-list you know reporter. But okay, yeah, one of the main characters from the Green Lantern story. Yeah, you can you can use her. Like it, that's why I don't think it. I don't know. No, That's good, I don't think it's her. Good point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's Carol Ferris either, although the name is really similar. And I, I do think it is a nod to Carol Ferris, but I don't think they're going to do anything with that. Um, and uh, so this uh, character is played by uh, Christina Wren, and she's kind of a jack-of-all-trades when it comes to uh, film. She's not only an actress, but she's also a producer and a writer, not for these films or this franchise, um, but just in general, it's all just uh, pretty small works. But hey, you know what? You're doing uh, you're doing more than what most people do. So props to Christina Wren there. Um, but going back to the message that's being displayed here uh, in this minute, so we don't get much of the message like we will in the next minute. But in this one, we hear the the line "You are not alone" being relayed over and over on repeat. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think General Zod starting his message with "You are not, you are not alone" over and over again? I think it's supposed to relate to both the human race, and he's directly calling out to Cal. Um, you know, obviously he knows that Cal's on Earth, so he's trying to say, "You are not alone." You know, we're we're other Kryptonians. We're out here. We've been looking for you for years. And then at the Hashtag same time, we out here. Yeah. At the same time, I don't think I think he already knows that. Uh, you know earth hasn't come in contact with extraterrestrial life so this is just like one of those calming 
I guess, if you will, uh, obviously it's not calming in this manner. Maybe from up in the black zero, he thinks, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be real nice. I'm going to just tell him at first, hey, you're not alone. Don't freak out. And yet, the way he's the creepy his, yeah. sound mixing is like, oh, uh, just yeah, hold on, guys. I'm absolutely. trying to fix the signal. Uh, absolutely. Bear so. with me. I'm not trying to spook you guys. I'm just trying to fix the uh, signal. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I think I think it's I think it has a double meaning to both Cal and just the human race itself. Um, I think it's you see it a lot. I think it's in next minute where we actually do see Clark's face as it's been playing mm-hmm. out to the TV. Yeah. Um, but you do see it. You can tell that he's kind of taking this in where he's like oh they're talking to me like i i get it and then also the humans are like you know classic first time they see aliens what the hell's going on man <laughs> that's what they do well there's also a little line uh during all of it where just one time he says we are not alone yeah exactly i was gonna i was gonna and... say that but, but yeah go for it oh well it, Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I, uh, by all means. By all means, man. And so, you know, is he saying it in the sense of... I, I, you could go real big on it and be you know, like, hey, we're not alone. I know you just met us, but you know what? There's Martians and Green Lanterns and all sorts of stuff out here. It's not just Kryptonians and humans. Uh, or is he saying, you know, I'm not the only one up here... Kal-El, there are other Kryptonians out there, you know, because is he speaking to Clark, Kal-El or to the human race there or is it just a jumbled signal and we're reading too much into it I mean, what, what do you guys think? Hmm, I'd, I'd like to say that it would it's kind of like him kind of directly calling out Clark at that point as well where he's saying we are not alone, where he's accompanying Clark Kal-El as a Kryptonian and saying there are others up here like this is a whole you know fully staffed spacecraft that I have up here and I I got all these other Kryptonians that are under me Um, I don't know if uh, I mean the world's kind of too the universe is kind of too small right now for us to even think about um, you know obviously the Green Lanterns exist in this universe just because we've gotten uh, a release date for the movie but like you know, there's like there, there's apocalypse and there's new genesis and there's all these other you know worlds. But did the Kryptonians also have contact with them? I don't know, man. Was, so so I think I think it relates more directly to Kal El on this. Time. I think he's saying we are not alone. As like Kryptonians and humans are not alone. There are others. So I'll, I'll agree with that one because it's like if you're trying to gain trust with the human race right now. Um, you know, we'll see that in the next minute. But like, if you say, "Hey, you know, you're not alone. We're, you know, we're also another race. You know, so there's life outside of Earth. Um, uh, but hey, you know, we're not alone either. So you know, we we kind of, you know, we gotta trust each other here. Like we gotta, you know, there are others out there. You know, there's, you know, you got your Martians, you got your uh, Gleep Corps, you got, you know, this, this, and that. And parademons. I mean, we get oh, to yeah, see them in the next movie. So, and then also yeah. in Justice League. So we know those exist. And so we he's know like, that hey, you know, a thing. we're not alone. Or you're not alone. And, you know, we're not alone either. So, like, we, uh, it's like he's trying to, like, by using the term we, it creates, like, a psychological bond. Um, kind of, like, subconsciously. So yeah. I feel like using that kind of yeah. helps 
uh, like form kind of like a foundation for them to, to kind of uh, not seem hostile. Uh, which well, oh no, which what? Oh, I was gonna say, oh, don't worry about it. I'll just cut that witch out. <laughs> oh, well, uh, I was gonna say, but you know, you look at it that that's almost like saying, hey, your house is on fire and your car's on fire too. Like, I know you're having life altering stuff, but guess what? There's more. And if you look at uh, like the Star Trek universe. And Enterprise, especially this series where the Vulcans were the first one to make human contact and then they didn't allow humans to make contact with any other alien species because humans weren't ready in their mind. And I think, you know, getting enough life-altering news, you know, once in a day is, is probably enough. So that's why I think he's speaking to Kal-El and not humans because... Can you, you know can you imagine if that happened to us it's like hey we're aliens there's life out there and oh by the way there's lots of life out there it's not just us that are coming and scaring you right now there could be all sorts of other people that show up to scare you down the road you know i feel like that's a a second date conversation yeah. wouldn't wouldn't it be like yo your house is on fire but yo my house is on fire too actually there's a lot of people's houses on fire there's a wildfire right behind us so like <laughs> You know, you know, don't be alarmed. Your house is on fire. You're losing everything. I hope you got insurance. You know, mine's mine's on fire too right now. My cats are still in there, but you know, hey, what's up? My name's Joe. What's up? I'm three acres down from you, so I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's what's going on. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I feel like that's what he's relaying when he says we. Um, oh, wait, did you say what you think? Well, I mean, I know you asked the question, but I didn't know if you had an answer of which one. I, uh, I I think he's talking to Kal-El. Oh. That was toward me. I think, yeah, just because, you know, he just discovered his his birthright, to use a, a comic reference. Hey, and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, he's got to be wondering, is he alone in the universe? And to, uh, you know, to be like, hey, I'm here, and there are other people here for you. Um Again, to go to another franchise, like you look at Doctor Who, that's why he loves, or not loves, but that's why he tries to do everything he can to help the Master because he's the only other Time Lord left, and he always he's always looking for more. And so you got to think, Superman, Clark, Kal El, whatever he's going by today, is you know just discovering that he's from another planet, and then oh hey look there are other people, and I think. Zod, you know, like we've mentioned, he's a strategist. You know, he thinks things through. And uh, talking about the psychological aspect of it, uh, with the using the we in subliminal, is maybe he's trying not to make the same mistakes he did with uh, Jor-El, and that you know he tried to reason with Jor-El, and it's like, hey, you know what? Come with me. We'll work together. Figure out who's worth saving, who's not worth saving. And we can be a team on this. And for, I, I don't know, I view Zod as a fairly sympathetic character in this movie for some reason. And I feel like in this moment, and we see later, he's trying to do the same thing as, you know, hey, things didn't work out with me and your dad, but, you know, the sins of the father don't carry on. So, 
you're not alone. I'm here with you too. Let's come in and help me with my dream. Let's be Kryptonians together and let's fulfill our destiny. I, I think he's doing it to recruit Kal-El into the thing. And I, I genuinely think that he wants to be a team. He wants to have a superhero team up with Superman and wants them to be on the same page because it didn't work out with Jor-El. Mm-hmm. And so I, in the, like I said, that I may just have a unnatural soft spot for Zod in this movie, but I feel like that's what he's trying to do. And that he recognizes also, not just on a personal level, but a strategic level that this is the one person on the planet that can stop him. So he needs to be on the same team. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Good point. So do you, do you like General Zod in this film? Uh. <laughs> it's okay. You can like just, you can like part of this film, man. You just just feel. Uh, <laughs> I mean, like I said, I'm sympathetic to him, uh, and I do. I, I like his character's characterization, um, acting. Uh, that's hit or miss at certain times. I feel like he's a truer character to the comics than arguably anybody else is in this film. And that may be the reason that I do like him. Uh, you know, I've, yeah, I, I would say I do. I do like Zod in this, uh, the character aspect. Like I said, the acting aspect, the fact that this guy, Michael Shannon, might be Cable kind of bothers me, but. Well, I didn't know that. I, I do yeah. like the character. Yeah, There's... that's real big in the rumor mill right now. Oh, I don't know if I. That's why it's called a rumor mill. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, the character Zod, I like the character Zod in this movie. I will say that. Okay, Good, great. You heard yeah, it here first. <laughs> uh, I think, <laughs> I think only one. Uh, I think Scott Corelli was the only one who didn't like General Zod in yeah, this film. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think you're. I think you're right when you say that General Zod in this film is the closest to the source material, as opposed to any other character. I, I, I think. Am I wrong, or am I, am I overlooking someone? Um, Pretty much everyone is kind of like, a, uh, well, I mean, because there's Lois Lane. I was, yeah, I was going to say Perry White, but I don't know if you want to bring race into this thing. But Ayo. is he, personality-wise, the same? Um, yeah, Martha no, Kent, yeah, Jonathan Kent, see, they're, they're Lauren, different. Yeah, Lawrence Fishburne is a little bit more sympathetic than Perry White in comic books. Perry White's uh, pretty harsh. Jonathan Kent. Yeah, I think General Zod is the closest, like, because there's almost no difference. Yeah, there's well, and with Perry White, I mean, depending who's writing him, sometimes he's like J. Jonah Jameson, mm-hmm. you know, just a uh, just hard, and then other times he's kind of jovial, like the crazy uncle of Clark Kent yeah but and then and then but he's never really the sympathetic kind you know he's either funny or serious never that middle ground and in this movie he's kind of like well I'm here and I I know I can't help but compare him to J. Jonah Jameson and I love as much as I love Lawrence Fishburne J.K. Simmons is a better newspaper editor than Lawrence Fishburne is yeah Absolutely, that he was like taken right out of the pages for that for for Spider Man. Like that's uncanny. Yeah. Badum. <laughs> I do uh. like I do like the character. I like well I don't know, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I do like uh, 
this Perry White in this film and and in the next one. I think uh, he's uh, he's a pretty good character or portrayal of the character. I, I like the different take on him, and I think he uh, he fits well in this universe. Um, but you know, we're talking about General Zod here. Um, but yeah, I think this character in this film uh, sticks closer to his source material as opposed to any character. That's that's what I I believe. I don't know if you guys. Uh, uh, I think I think disagree. I'll agree. I think I'll agree. We all in agreement. I think I'll agree. Yeah. Yeah. All in favor, say aye. 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 No. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, that's all I got for this minute. Uh, yeah, I think they just at the very end they start showcasing the different languages. Which, yeah. Again, uh, I think Lance said you could have just you know taken forty five seconds to a minute out of the movie when it said it's all over the world and you know had a it's like almost like you're expecting the big TV screen to be showing up on the Eiffel Tower, where it's you know how it shows like classic all over the world. It shows Morocco and it shows really big, beautiful towers, and then the Eiffel Tower and yada yada. But this time, oh no, that's in the next minute. But yeah, it starts to show different languages at the very end. So I see what you're saying. Yeah. Again, whatever. It didn't, it didn't just show San Francisco and then Tokyo Tower. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just like typical, it shows like really like not expected locations yeah and then we get it more in 65 so i feel like it did it to show okay we'll get into the next (laughs) okay because yeah it's in the next minute okay yeah but i'm Um, all good on this one all right cool um i'm gonna go ahead uh we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute no i'm not you are get out you can stay here uh we'll we'll see you tomorrow um we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this minute if you love what you hear uh please leave us a great review on itunes and we'll read it out to for all the uh podcast listeners to enjoy and uh, definitely check out everything that the Night Nerd Network has got going on, especially, uh, or, you know, not especially, just go listen to all their stuff. But, you know, if you like comic books, they also do Assembling the Avengers, and they do, um, what is the other one? Uh, there was a bunch. There was a bunch. <laughs> yeah, um, we we have lots of shows. We, we have something for literally everyone. No matter what you like, what you like to talk about, we have a show for you. And if not... We'll make it. Well, it's made to order shows. That's, that's what we do. There you go. There you go. That's a slogan for the for their uh, network. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely check out everything that the Night Nerds got on their plate. Um, if you're looking for more podcasts, we do have Stellar Dynamics, the ultimate encyclopedic compendium of all things Rush, and then we also have Honey Hold My Beer, which is just two gals sharing craft beers and odd stories. Um, don't forget to check those out, and we'll see you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.